Welcome to the Tin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar, where we discuss a current relevant topic pertaining to the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fam with Intention. And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Biz Boss and co-owner of Journey's Travel Company. We won't le- let you leave without some excess baggage. Ooh, I'm already tripping over it. So stay with <laughs> us until the end. <laughs> So you have a new background today, and I know our listeners can't see it, but typically Corrine's background is like a dresser <laughs> and a snake plant. But today she's got like this really cute, like pink mural with like green monstera leaves mm-hmm. painted on it. So where are you today, Corrine? I am in Mexico City today. Um, my niece and her husband are flying into Mexico City, so we came here to meet them. I'm so excited. I can't even stand it. Um, but we also had not, like, other than the airport and the bus station, have not been to Mexico City. So we are staying in this neighborhood that is so unbelievable. I I just can't even. It's called Condesa. We're kind of on the on the cusp of Condesa and Roma, which are like the two really hip neighborhoods, two of them. It's trees, trees, trees everywhere, parks, you know, medians that are almost like parks and have bike paths and everybody has a dog. And my understanding is, and don't hold me to this, but my understanding is they kind of, when they tried to update this neighborhood, they were going for a Parisian look. And it is like, it's beautiful architecture, beautiful parks, All these sidewalk cafes, it's gorgeous. I love it. I can't wait to come back because it's going to be a really quick trip. Tomorrow we're going hot air ballooning over a pyramid and then dashing across to the other side of Mexico City to do Xochimilco, which is like a canal boat situation. Oh, yes. I've seen photos and videos of that, and that is on my bucket list. It looks like the biggest party on the water. Yep. And you get you just rent <laughs> your own private boat, but then little boats pull up, and you can get micheladas and beers and snacks. There's little kitchen boats that pull up to yours and are cooking fresh if you want to order food. I can't wait, but I'm going to be so tired <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> evening. I'm going to be in bed at 6 p.m. Uh, but you're going somewhere a bit further away coming right up. Just a little bit. Um, I'm headed to Dubai on Sunday with the Dubai tourism board and Emirates. And I am kind of losing my mind a little bit because we just got our run through of the itinerary yesterday morning and yesterday being Tuesday morning, and we haven't received like the final confirmed itinerary yet. And on one hand, yes, I really want to plan out my social media stuff and, you know, be mentally prepped. But more importantly, I want to know what we're doing so I can plan out my outfits. Exactly. Because that takes time. Mm -hmm. That takes time to do. And I'm just, you know, I'll be overpacking for this one. I can guarantee it because I just don't know what I'm going to need, like for real. So um, it's the itinerary so far when they gave us the rundown was a really cool mix of historical cultural stuff, which I am all about. Whenever I travel, I'm always like, what's the cultural thing to do? I want to see the history and want to be able to be immersed in the destination. Um, So we do have a few of those items where we're going to like the souks, like the markets and Mm. like the desert safari with one of the um, 
the cultural groups of people who still live out in the desert. And that is mixed in with like the Dubai mall and the Burj Khalifa and ski Dubai, where they have like an indoor ski thing. You can just go skiing indoors. This is one place called deep dive Dubai. It is the deepest pool in the world and you can dive there. And they created like this indoor experience that's underwater and you can scuba dive and explore. It's supposed to look like a shipwreck or something. That's just based on me doing some research on the destinations, but it's a really interesting mix. And so I am very much looking forward to it. Oh, plus some site inspections, of course. Right. Um, But, you know, the the itinerary looks insane. It's like I'll hardly get a time to breathe. So in the time I do get to breathe, we'll be recording this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's so exciting, but also exciting. What are you doing later tonight? Uh, 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 meet me at the hotel, yeah. <laughs> the hotel room, um, Pitbull concert that I've been looking forward to for so long. I can picture you right now just bouncing and losing your mind. Yes. I like, am kind of tearing up a little bit just thinking about how excited I am. <laughs> Love it. And before we move on, I also want to tell you guys, you, if you were on the Instagram live this morning, you would have seen my beautiful mural background. I was on live with the whole Refresh squad, Nicole, Nikita, Kate, and me talking about fees, which seems to be like the hottest of hot topics right now. And if you didn't see it, I recommend you go look for it because we did announce that we're doing a one day like get it done in one day fee workshop on October 29th, where people will get time with each of the four of us sort of covering our part in terms of workflows, social media posts, email marketing, mindset, everything that goes into it. So by the end of that one day, we want you to be ready to implement fees, have all the copy for your website, all the copy for your emails, copy for invoices, everything. So if you're interested, go take a look or just pay attention to our Instagram accounts because we will be around. And I think we're going to be launching it officially on Friday. So keep an eye out. And by we and your Instagram account, it's Travel Biz Boss. Yes, so sorry. Not the Tin Lounge one. (laughs) No, Travel Biz Boss or Travel Pro Theory, Travel Agent Collective, and Nicole S. Barrett. All of those handles, you will see that information. Thanks for reminding me of that. Today's the first time I remember to introduce myself and include that I'm co-host of the Tin Lounge. You'd be so proud. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we jump into our discussion this week, we wanted to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over Okay, I can't talk today. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com where you can find other amazing podcasts to grow and build your business. Our first article makes me super happy because I feel like I'm part of the positive statistics in this article. Um, This is a Travel Pulse article and the title is Greece Earns Praise for Safe Reopening, Strong Travel Rebound. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the World Travel and Tourism Council is acknowledging the Greek government for the safe reopening of international tourism this year. According to ShengenVisaInfo.com, the WTTC communications exec, Elena Karina Rodriguez, 
said Greece established a safe travel environment for visitors and that arrival numbers reached 86% of what they were in 2019 before the coronavirus pandemic. Hearing that is insane to me because when I was there in August, it didn't seem like it was so crowded. Yeah. But these... The stats say they reach 86% of what they were in 2019. It says that they welcomed over 6 million tourists through August, and 2 million of them arrived in July and August combined. And everything that I have heard confirms, not that I don't believe you, that exactly what you said, <laughs> that nothing was crowded, that everyone had plenty of breathing room. Um, but it said that this tourism contributed 20.8% of the country's GDP and around 20% of all its jobs. I mean, travel is such a huge contributor to the economy. It's so incredibly wonderful that we're getting back. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely. And um, Greece was one of the first countries that announced that they would be reopening with a certain number of protocols. And I feel like those protocols are ones that other EU countries have taken on yep. um, because they saw how well it worked in Greece. And those. Um, so this one, it states that it was one of the first countries to announce that it would receive visitors who are fully vaccinated or could show a negative PCR to pass through the country's gates. Greece is the country that encouraged the safe arrival of travelers as a result of the general preparation of the country. I know when I was in Greece, the private driver that we had, he was already fully vaccinated. So I asked him about the general vaccination campaign. And um, he said a lot of people were just excited to just go and be able to be vaccinated to open up the country again for tourism. So um, it seems like they did a really great job and they're doing really well now. Their economy is slowly recovering, yep. at least when it comes to tourism. So, And the Greek Minister of Tourism, whose name I will not try to say, said that tourism is expected to generate almost $14 billion by the end of the year. That's so crazy. <laughs> the end of this year, yes. 2021. Yes. It's oh so exciting. Ooh. Yeah, I've been trying to get people excited about Greece still um, because the best time to go, I think, is now before all the crowds start realizing that, hey, it's a good idea. Let's all go to Greece because you know it's going to happen. So, yeah, get to Greece, people. (laughs) Well, speaking of places that are open for travel and wildly popular, um, there's an article from Travel Age West called Top Family Resorts in Puerto Vallarta and Riviera Nayarit. I thought this was interesting because everyone is flocking to Mexico, right? Because it's easy to get to. Everything's been going really well. But people are going to get tired of going to Cancun and Riviera Maya at some point and are going to be looking for something else. And it's really like night and day how different the two coasts are. I love Puerto Vallarta and that whole area because it's like you turn one way and you're looking at the beach and then you turn around and you're looking at gorgeous green mountains. It's really so beautiful, still so affordable and a really, it's an experience. And I find that that area is a little more authentically Mexican. Like in Cancun, you could totally just like, go to a resort and never really experience Mexico if you didn't want to, you know, you could just eat chicken fingers the whole time and never even 
know what the culture is like. Whereas over on the Western side, it's a little more, Cabo might be a little bit more sterile too. I wish they would have included that too, because a lot of people are are looking over there as well. And I love Cabo too, because you get, it's like you're looking at the beach, but in between you and the beach is a saguaro cactus. So you have this desert element that's so beautiful. Anywho, <laughs> this, <laughs> this article goes into, um, it says with their vast natural beauty, interesting attractions and wide variety of family friendly accommodations, the Mexican Pacific destinations of Puerto Vallarta and the Riviera Nayarit are perfectly positioned to satisfy families looking for a rewarding getaway. So true. Also, whale watching, if you go at the right time of year, is pretty amazing. I will say I don't have a lot of experience in terms of traveling to the West Coast of Mexico. I've been to Cabo for a conference, so I didn't really get to see a ton of the area, but I remember absolutely loving the entire atmosphere of Cabo because it was so different from Cancun. And I want to be able to see more of the West Coast, but it's a bit of a longer sure. commute yep. <laughs> compared to compared to Cancun. But going back to the whole cultural aspect of it, one of the resorts that they mentioned in this article, it says that um, Villa del Palmar Beach Resort and Spa has introduced a Mexican experience program with a variety of entertaining and educational components, including folkloric dance performances, live mariachi music, and authentic Mexican cuisine. And all of that is like music to my ears, especially the mariachi music. I love mariachi music so, so much. And, you know, every I feel like you can't be in a bad mood when you hear mariachi music. They could be singing about like, I don't know, a woman who's been wronged and killing her husband or something like that. Like it's still. And you're just like (laughs) snapping along. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. We were just at Secrets Punta Mita. I talked about that a couple weeks ago. And they had a performance with like a 12 or 15 piece mariachi band. And they were great. But we were having like a party. So a lot of people were talking was like the farewell party. But then all of a sudden the woman started belting one long note and everybody just froze and turned and their attention was completely grabbed. It's just, it's a very passionate type of music for sure. Um, another resort that is mentioned is the Fiesta Americana Puerto Vallarta, all inclusive and spa. I know that's a really popular one. It keeps the little ones busy with its Fiesta Kids Club, which is open to children between four and 12 years of age. And they also offer a wide range of daily activities like volleyball, cooking classes, dance lessons, and arts and crafts. Yeah, and the main um, theme of all the resorts listed in this article is that it's family friendly. Yes. You know, you can bring the entire family, whether it's just like, you know, the parents and the kids or even the grandparents. It's a great way for people to be able to just vacation together stress-free there's stuff for the kids to do um the beach is nearby so i guess check the list in the show notes yep when you get a chance to see if any of these will work for your clients absolutely it goes into detail about a lot of different kids club programs at different resorts and one of the things i like that they mention is in, when you're in that area, there's horseback riding, zip lining, whale watching cruises, and even sea turtle release programs, which if I had children, I would 100% want to be doing something like that. And 
those types of programs are available at a variety of hotels. I don't have children and I want to do. Oh, I definitely would too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Some of these things that they mentioned at uh, the resorts, like one resort, it's more of a quote unquote luxury vein is the Grand Palladium Vallarta Resort and Spa. And kids get their own check-in area and cool amenities such as milk and cookies turndown service, toy filled bubble baths and access to a video game lounge. I mean, I want all of that too. I'm not a kid, but the milk and cookies turndown service sounds really good. It's like when I'm at a (laughs) restaurant and I'm like, please can I have this off the kids menu? (laughs) Another one is one and only Mandarina has a 42,000 square foot indoor outdoor club called kids only. It's designed by Bridget Roche or Brigitte, I'm not sure. The Academy Award-winning director, art director, and production designer for movies like Moulin Rouge and Romeo and Juliet. That has got to be so cool. If I and go, I have the, to tour it. The, the club is called Kids Only, so I guess it's only for kids. I need to see it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the other stuff, well, they do have at Gran Velas, Riviera Nayarit, They have Spanish language lessons, cooking and baking classes, and even a workshop that teaches guests the craftsmanship that goes into the creation of alebrijes, I'm going to say, which is fanciful fanciful Mexican folk art sculptures. And a lot of these places, (laughs) a lot of these also have um, baby programs and 24-hour babysitting, which I know is really nice for parents of a baby who really want to get away to be able to enjoy themselves in the nighttime. So go take a look. <laughs> What's next? Um, our final article is an editorial from Travel Age West by our one of our fave people, Ken Shapiro. Mm-hmm. Uh, the travel industry should focus on, record, or, blah, blah, on recruiting new it's contagious. agents. <laughs> it is contagious. <laughs> <laughs> We talked about this a little bit last week. Um, it's been a common theme. There's a lot of people entering the industry, but then they'll do studies and, and agency owners are hesitant to take on new advisors. And we've said too, we see in like the Facebook groups, there's people who absolutely clearly have not had any training or mentorship whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And that's a little scary. Um, but we have to be sort of succession planning, right? We have to be looking to the next generation of advisors. Got tons of millennials. Now we got to get Gen Z in the door. At one point, my niece, who will be 18 in March, was looking to get into the travel industry, but I think she's on psychology right now. Mm. I mean, that is very important when dealing with clients. Indeed. It's the little things where you're just like, I did not realize this would come in handy. Yep. So one thing he's saying is like, you're hearing so much about travel agencies struggling to keep up with demand. I know I certainly am. Mm-hmm. However, they did, a, did some research and a survey of nearly 300 advisors showed that 56% are not hiring at this time. And another interesting response said that nearly two thirds, 64% of agents say it's very important to create programs that attract the next generation of travel advisors. But 70% feel the industry has not done a good job in recruiting those agents. So kind of conflicting. Yeah, I feel like it's really tough. And this is the case pre-COVID as well, where it's 
a challenge to be able to develop new advisors because there really isn't anything that's standardized. It's not like, oh, we all go to school to get a degree in being, you know, a travel advisor or an agency owner. That's something that we have to do on our own. And for folks who are new in the industry who may not be of the business owner mindset, it could be tough for them to find a like an agency to join and be like what kind of um, business development information do they need? Like what what are they going to do in terms of, you know, what are they going to sell? What niche are they going to go into? So it's tough for newbies who are wanting to be in the industry, but don't know how. So um, but also it's tough when you're trying to train someone during this time when exactly there are no hard and fast rules you know what mm-hmm. i mean like everything is so fluid that for you to tell someone this is how it is or this is how it isn't it's you can't like this right. is a lot of I situational stuff i think that's one of my biggest hesitations in bringing new people on is that there's nothing that is i don't want to say there's nothing because there are certain things that are just this is how it is all the time in terms of how you manage like ethics and, you know, how, you know, how you work with suppliers, things like that. But there are other things that are so up in the air that it makes me nervous that I'm going to give the wrong information or the information I give them today is going to be completely different next year. Or you have to say, I don't know. You have to call the supplier and see what the rule is Mm -hmm. today. That's very frustrating for a new advisor, very frustrating for the person who's training them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't give them the most solid foundation for sure. I think maybe the way around it is to just manage their expectation and what they're learning and say like, hey, I know you know we're learning this today and this is how we're doing it today, but just know that this wasn't what it was like pre-COVID and it might not be the same next year. So set up, I think that's the set best the that we can do. expectations, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's what we can do. And you know, all we can do is what we have control over and yeah. see how that goes. Because the, I think what's worse than changing um, information all the time is having a new advisor just try and do things by themselves and not knowing where to look. I can't even imagine. I can't imagine anybody out there who doesn't realize that they need more help and is just trying to figure it out on their own, mm-hmm. the kind of liability, the position they're putting themselves in, and they don't know. It's not like people are out there trying to mm-hmm. ignore best practices. How could they know? You're not born with that information. Right, right. Um, but he ends this article by saying, not only is it important to the long-term health of your business, but it can bring a fresh perspective and additional opportunities to boost your current sales and marketing efforts. The best way to fix the industry's problem attracting new talent is to take matters into your own hands and focus on what you can do to lead by example. I love that. Yep. <laughs> I think it's time for excess baggage. I'm worried about this today. <laughs> My mouth isn't working right. <laughs> You got this. I believe in you. All right. It's time for Excess Baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory, so you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Market Reports, Southwest Airlines this weekend was forced to cancel thousands of flights across the United States because of what Southwest is calling weather and other external constraints. Southwest, which denied rumors that the cancellation stemmed from an issue with the pilots' union over vaccination requirements, 
said that weather, mostly in Florida, had a ripple effect that did not allow its fleet and its staff to be in the right place. Travel Market Report has launched a new column, The Beacon, your travel industry legislation lookout. This column will be your beacon or lighthouse or resource for what legislation is pending and where ASTA needs your assistant. assistance. <laughs> Money matters. So please donate as often and as much as you can, but do so do actions. Be involved, read this column, reach out to your elected officials and your networks with your peers. An article from Travel Pulse says that Eurail announced a new distribution platform providing OTAs and travel companies with the ability to sell Eurail passes more easily. The Eurail passes allow travelers to take a train throughout 33 European countries with a single pass, and the new platform gives distributors the ability to seamlessly integrate, sell, and issue passes online or connect through the Eurail ticketing system. Another headline from them says, Caribbean arrivals rebound outpacing global destinations. CDC travel advisories, ever-changeable health protocols, and limited vaccine access remain formidable barriers, but Caribbean visitor arrivals are rebounding more quickly than any other global region. Travel Weekly reports that the governor of Hawaii has announced the, that the emergency proclamations for a statewide mask mandate and the safe travel program for screening arrivals to the Aloha State will remain in place at least through the end of November. He said the measures were still needed as the state continues to battle a surge in COVID-19 cases linked to the Delta variant that has strained the state's medical resources. Another article from them says that the U.S. will reopen its land borders to non-essential travel next month, ending a 19-month freeze due to the pandemic, as the country moves to require all international visitors to be vaccinated against the coronavirus. Insider Travel Report says that St. Regis Hotels and Resorts expects to expand its existing portfolio of 15 curated resorts with plans to debut 11 new properties by 2025 in some of the world's top leisure destinations, including locations desired by the next generation of luxury travels in the Caribbean, North America, North Africa, Middle East, and Asia Pacific. Today, our high note is a BOGO. According to AFAR, Fiji will reopen to vaccinated U.S. travelers in 2021, just in time for the holidays. And Recommend Magazine reports that the Singapore Tourism Board announced that vaccinated U.S. and Canadian tourists are now able to visit the destination once again. With Singapore's high vaccination rate, the destination is moving to the next step of the safe reopening of the tourism sector by implementing local measures to keep travelers and residents safe, abiding by the requirements on COVID-19 pre prevention, and Singapore public health regulations. <laughs> That's it for excess baggage. <laughs> Just a reminder that all the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news, we're just sharing it. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review and or share the show. Also head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. Have any questions, comments, or just want to say hello, please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at the tinlounge.com. See you all next week. Bye. Cause, cause, cause. No one can do it like we do it like